Hello and welcome to this week's Fighting Words. Donovan here. I am joined this week. Why do I feel like I can't hear myself? I don't know. Oh, there we go. All right. Well, I'm joined this week by Joel Zimmerman. Hello. That's me. Is that German? Uh, Yeah, I was adopted, but yeah, the the surname's German. It means carpenter man. Really? Yep. So a Zimmer is a carpenter? Yep. Wow. What's your middle name? Lee. Super, super common around here. Cool. Um, well, I didn't know you were adopted. Yep. You care to share about that? or? Yeah, yeah. My parents were um, foster parents um, for probably a good 10 to 15 years at least. Okay. And they would adopt the... They had two kids of their own, and then they would adopt the kids that um, were siblings that people wanted to split up, or kids that were essentially too troubled to get adopted into homes that people just didn't want to adopt or were too old or whatever. Yeah. And then I was the kid of one of the adopted kids of theirs. And she was like 16 or 17 uh, when she got pregnant and had me. And um, my parents, who I just call them mom and dad, you know, they're the ones that raised me from birth. They adopted me right away. Yep. Um, I grew up with them and just, yeah, so it's, I'm, I'm adopted, but I definitely don't feel like I am missing my quote unquote real mom or anything like that. Right. Did you uh, did you ever meet her, your birth mom? Yeah, yeah. So she became once I was adopted, she was my sister. Oh, so because it was it was oh, her, okay, yeah. her adoptive parents that adopted me. So I mean, yeah, she was in my life um, for the early parts. Hold of on, my hold life. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me back up here. They adopted her first. Yeah. Okay, I know you. This is what you were explaining, but I obviously missed the the truth. And then she had a baby. Yep. Which was you. Yep. And they adopted you. Correct. And then so, then they just raised both of you as siblings. Yeah, by the time I came along, though, she was almost 18. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, because she was, I think, 17. She was. She got pregnant at 16 and had me at 17. And then she was out. She moved out at 18. Like, she she chose right. to move out, like, as soon as she turned 18. So, so did really you not remember. know that was your mother? No, they, they never hid it from me or anything. I knew from as soon as I was old enough to understand. So they were like, hey, that's this girl you've been calling sister is your mother. Yep. And you were just like... Cool. Let's go play Nintendo. Yeah, or were you much. like you weren't like shocked? Like no, I don't wow. know. It didn't it didn't come across all that weird? They explained it in a way that I could understand as a kid. I couldn't tell you how they did it now. Sure, it's been so long ago. But maybe that stuff's actually just bottled up inside. And I mean, it's maybe gonna, I want to poke at it. Okay, this could turn into a uh, a counseling session. Counseling session. Okay. Yeah, or just a disturbance session. <laughs> I mean, hey, got plenty of those. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, Joel Zimmerman is a Redeemer guest. Mm-hmm. You've been around for a little while. Yeah, yeah. I've been off and on for a couple of years and then going regularly now for it'll be a month on Sunday. Sure. Okay. Um, and you visited our group this week and we got yep. to talk in and you are studying political science. Is that the right? Yep. Okay. And I, uh, uh, you know, I'm interested in those kind of discussions. So we chatted a little bit uh, Monday night and I said, well, let's, let's do it. Let's talk. So we're going to just kind of talk politics in general. I have... Some thoughts, some questions, and some uh, challenges, and I'll, 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 I will tend to be a little devil's advocate with you. Yeah, sure. Up front, um, where do I stand politically? I wonder if people wonder that. I uh, well, number one, I've never voted because I'm not a an American citizen, so there's that. Uh, I do tend, I find my, I can tell by the way the things I listen to and the, the where I find agreement with people is I, I tend more right than left mm-hmm. for sure. Um, 
but I see big problems and holes with any uh, political application, you know, without controls. So we'll yeah. we'll talk a little bit more about that. So um, certainly not an anarchist or anything like that. Um, so there's that. And uh, do you care to self-disclose? Yeah, sure, sure. I've never been, you know, too scared to share it. Um, I've been politically definitely more on the right okay. uh, than on the left. Uh, I would, I've been saying now for a couple of years that the majority of my political ideology lines up more on the libertarian spectrum. Um, kind of like, you know, just as long as what you're doing isn't hurting anybody else, then I don't really care. And that I think the government should be less involved mm. more than rather than more involved in stuff. There's the question, though, is what you're doing hurting someone? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. OK, yep. so we'll we'll circle back to that because I think everybody would say that. I don't think anybody I don't think anybody would say, no, we're going to go after people that aren't doing any harm. Yeah. And it's just, it kind of comes down to how you define what hurting somebody else What you else define, is. right, exactly. Yeah. What are rights? What is harm? Exactly. Okay, yep. yeah. So it makes sense that you would be libertarian given your white privilege. Oh, yeah, totally, 100%. I mean, that's a very white, uh, fairly, at least middle class uh, I think it's definitely it a middle class position. Um, I think it kind of gets attributed to being a white position just because of the majority of Everything's white a white position. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when, you know... America, I mean, it's not entirely homogenous, but like right. this part of Iowa is like 93% white. Right, right. So like kind of based white, around white. where you are. Yeah. So, um, okay. So a little more background stuff. So Joel Lee Zimmerman. Mm -hmm. Yep. Full name. Do you know what your birth name would have been? Your last name? Uh, if I remember right. See, I'm so, still digging here. I'm trying to, every, every once in a while on the show, I'm just going to come back into this and I'm going to try to make you cry. Okay, That's cool. That's the goal. I love it. It'll be easy. Have a crisis of faith. Yes. Fantastic. And if this doesn't work, I'll just start insulting your music taste. Oh, okay. That'll work like 100%. Yeah. Um, no, so. We'll play some, well, Joel's also in, um, uh, I'm blanking, I know the name of the band. The Unsettled Serenade. The Unsettled Serenade with Sam and, uh, uh, I'm literally. Uh, the Hamiltons? The Hamiltons, yep. yes. Okay. Um, and. And so maybe we'll play some of that okay. and then we'll just critique it. Yeah, sure. I'll just critique it. I mean, hey, I'll critique it too. Yeah. No, I think it's it's all pretty good stuff. But so anyway, maybe we can talk a little more about that later. Sure. Um, okay. Back to making you cry. Yes. You're, uh, what would your given name? Can I guess just by looking at you? Sure. Go for it. Yamaguchi. Uh, <laughs> now that would have been. Is that like, Italian or Japanese? <laughs> what is that? I, I think it's Japanese. Really? At least like. I'm going to look it up. Asian culture of some kind. It sounds because of the Yama, but yeah. the Gucci. Gucci could be. That's, it's Gucci's, Italian. Yeah. Jap it's like a Japanese samurai warrior is what it is. That's I what like you it. look like. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, no, that's not right at all. Uh, I Dude, love it. it literally is a word. Hold on. No, Yama, I know it's a word. Uh, Yamaguchi. It's a place. Wow. It's a city in, in Japan. In Japan. Okay. All right, dude. You look right, a little cool. Asian. Look a little Asian. I'll take it. Has, has anyone told you that? No, no. Really? No, no one's told me I look Asian. I actually did a 23andMe DNA test. Yeah. Um, I got one for Christmas from my mom. Were you part um, Cro-Magnon? Uh, no, so he didn't show that. Okay. Because um, you know some people are actually like part Neanderthal? Yeah. Yeah, no. It's a, like, it's a thing that has stuck around, I guess, in yeah. the DNA. Okay. All right. No, I'm so actually... You're not a Neanderthal. Nope. You're not a Japanese guy. Nope. I'm 24% African. 
Oh, okay. Yep. So there's a, maybe that's where that little ethnicity is coming in. Yep. Oh, so you do reparations, like 24% of reparations? How does that work? Yeah, no, I'm I'm not for reparations. But if but if but if they are uh, if we get to a point where reparations become uh, an implemented policy, yeah. I'm wondering, would you do they do that as like a DNA test? Do you get a 24% share? I don't, I don't know. I would I assume there has to be like a cutoff level. Like yeah. whether it's like 50% or 75% or 25% or or 1/8th or 1/16th or something like that. Like with um I actually got when I was going to Wartburg up in Waverly, I got uh, scholarship money or grant money. Um, yeah. Well, that's for, it. Like, it's all ethnic. repaired. Yeah. It's all been repaired. Exactly. I mean, I didn't, I only asked for it because Warburg's a super expensive school, but like. Oh, take what you can get. Exactly. Man. Okay. So 24% African. Yep. And the rest, what? Um, European? Mostly European, like 60%. Yeah. Uh, Irish. Yeah. Yeah. Great Britain. No Inuit, um, any Inuit in there? No Inuit. Um, there's like seven percent Ashkenazi Jewish. Oh, that's, that's why there. you're so smart. Yeah, yeah, you seven percent smart. Seven percent smart. You know seven. they actually have they the Ashkenazi Jews have a, a, a disproportionately high IQ. Really? Yeah, they huh. they well, uh, I mean, according to those types of tests, at least, right? right? So I've never taken an IQ test. Yeah. Well, yeah. you don't have to, dude. Just just know. All right, I'll take it. You got the Ashkenazi like stuff. Um, okay. All right. So a little bit of a melting pot there. So who knows what your last name would have been? It would have been Shaka Zulu. Huh? Johnson. Oh, that doesn't sound. (laughs) A Johnson. My friend Johnson, he's part black, part Jew. Yep. Mostly white. Yeah. Mostly white. Okay. Why did I bring that up? I don't know. Joel Lee Zimmerman. Um, all right. So you are studying poly sci. Mm -hmm. Poly Why? Polly, why? Why would you do this? Do this? So the initial. So I. I think there's a. There's kind of a philosophical argument as to why I studied politics. All right. It's I want my career to be like a calling, and I kind of define that in uh, according to like three, like specific um, requirements. All right. Um, something I'm good at, something somebody will pay me for, and something I'm passionate about. Okay. Um. And. This fits all those. Yeah. For me, this fits all those. I've been... I actually avoided politics all throughout high school. Yeah. Um, until I got to college. Um, I thought there was no point in getting into it or anything like that. I mean, part of it was um, kind of my upbringing and where I was involved as far as like... Um, we talked about this on Monday that I used to be a Jehovah's Witness. Yep. Um, do Jehovah's not, Witnesses... Is there, a, is there a general voting block or do they tend to be... Is it kind of like the evangelical right? Like So... They technically have a voting block, but they're told by the the elders of the congregation or just the higher ups in the in the organization not to get engaged politically. Oh, um, okay. So like, my parents. I mean, my dad just didn't vote because um, he just didn't want to go. But yeah, yeah. Like my anybody got time vote. for that? Yeah, my mom wouldn't vote um, out of that, and um, I mean, I was too young to vote, and I got out of I got out of the Jehovah's Witnesses at fifteen. Um, and I wasn't in there by choice, more by my right. mom went, so I went. Well, you're not you here know. by choice. Ah. Dang. There you Next go. Next level. There you go. We'll come back to that. Mm. But, yeah, once I got to college, um, I showed up to Warburg in the fall of 2015. So, and then that whole, really that whole semester, that whole year, um, and then into the next semester was just full of the 2016 election cycle. So kind of whether I wanted to be involved in it or not, 
um, I was just kind of thrust into it at a at a very liberal school, very liberal arts uh, focused, very politically minded school, and it was just, I mean, it was it was all about it's on fire. Yeah, yeah, it was all all politics all the time, basically no matter what class you were in. Wow. So I kind of got forced into politics and just the the thoughts and ideas that were going around that I was hearing in class and stuff just didn't didn't make sense to me. The thing that stuck out was just that nobody was held personally responsible for anything they did. And it was always always a group mm. a group identity or a group responsibility and that didn't jive with me the way I was I guess I guess it comes down to like the way I was raised. Um I had to Here take responsibility for my actions. So Yeah. Responsibility. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's a typical uh, right, yep. you know, kind yep. of personal responsibility. Yep. So I spent years listening to Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. Glenn Beck. Mm. Listen to that guy quite mm-hmm. a bit. The Blaze. Uh, Jordan Peterson, although he's not really, he's really a liberal, but yeah, he's, he's not like a, a radical. He's, he's not like a, a classic, classic liberal, yeah. But he, you know, he tells young men to take responsibility, you know, in some ways he's you know, I guess, yeah, that's why he's not a hardcore liberal. Yeah. I'm reading his book, actually, 12 Rules for Life. Yeah. So, it's interesting. So, here's where I get in. So, this is where, where it gets tricky for me because there's all these tensions in life. Like, mm-hmm. I need to take responsibility for my life. Mm-hmm. I want to raise my kids to be responsible. Mm-hmm. I want humans in, cult- in the culture... I just affirm that. Yeah, yeah. T- take responsibility. Okay. And then I have these other, uh, which which is, I think, a biblical mandate, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, take care of your kids. Yeah. Right? Provide yeah. for your household. Yeah. You know, like, yes, like, um, work. If anyone does not work with his hands, right, he's right. worse than an unbeliever. It's like, yeah. oh. And then I have these other biblical truths, mm-hmm. like... Um, what do you have that you did not receive? Mm-hmm. And the answer to that is nothing. So right. like, are you, am I where I am because I've been responsible? Paul seems to say, no, right. it's all a gift. So there's that. And then things like you are, uh, when you are trapped in sin, you're trapped. Mm-hmm. So to the extent that that sin is, uh, affecting your ability to be a responsible citizen. Mm -hmm. You are hooked on drugs. You're lazy. You are, um, you know, not paying your bills. You're a liar, like whatever it is. And so so now you're not able to be a productive contributing member of society and um, you're being irresponsible. Right. I believe I can say theologically, you are trapped. Mm -hmm. That for me to just say, Hey man, take responsibility. It's kind of like telling dead men to walk. Gotcha. Right. So, so I. So this is where I say I. I certainly feel like I tend right, mm-hmm. but then there's these big things, and we'll keep talking, discussing more of these that, that make me go, hmm. And I do believe in in systemic uh, injustice. Okay. Whether whether that would be some of that is probably intentional. There's some mm-hmm. bad dudes out there. Yeah. Some of it is, hey, we live in a broken world, you know, and like, you know, of course the system is broken. And yeah. if you're already like, you know, down and out, it's like this, you know, so now you are, so I know people who are 
okay, uh, born addicted to drugs, mm-hmm. discipled poorly, if at all, raised on the streets, just given over to foolishness, just like, and to some extent, I would say that describes my life growing up. Sorry, mom and dad, but that's just these things all happen on a on a spectrum. I know people who are way way down on the spectrum, um, and I was in no position. I think I was responsible to take responsibility. I think this is the biblical tension. Like, okay, I am guilty and responsible, and yet I also believe I was unable to take responsibility. Sure. I had an inability. I was trapped by my foolishness, my sin. It's my sin. I'm responsible, but it, yet it leaves you trapped. It's being captured by the devil to do his will. Like you are. Mm-hmm. Is sin actually blinding? Is it actually? Um, uh, I wonder if we're not talking out of both sides of our mouth sometimes as religious right wing type people yeah. on the one hand saying, Hey, personal responsibility and you know, get it together. And then we're at the pulpit saying, you know, you're helpless before God. Mm-hmm. And maybe we don't see that these things are connected. It's like, well, you're helpless morally, but not fiscally or, right. but I think like your morality impacts your, um, well, those things, ability to, sure. to be responsible, to keep yeah. a job. My, my, someone I know literally just walked out of a job the other day again. He has a kid. He needs to raise him. And mm-hmm. the guy makes him mad and he walks out. And I'm like, okay, that's irresponsible. Right. But I also think, man, this, this kid is trapped. So there's my little, uh, okay. What do you, what do you hear there? Um, I kind of want to go to like defining, I guess, what being responsible means. All right. Um, because I'm not sure we're on the same wavelength as far as that goes. Sure. Um, I guess when I talk about being responsible, it's more um, not thinking that or not acting in a way as if you are free from the consequences of your actions. Okay. That um, whether, I guess whether you're trapped or not, there are still repercussions for the, for the actions or the, or the addiction that you're in or the, or the things that you do that there are still consequences that you are beholden to yeah, um, and not acting or living in a way where you are somehow because of your situation, you're free from those consequences that um, I guess in a political way um, that the government should be taking care of you because you are X. Um, yeah. That you should be beholden to, like I said, beholden to the consequences of your actions uh, on a political or a, even on a personal, on a personal level, like, yeah, that's kind of the thing. So that let stuck me. Out how me. about name a couple of examples of the things that would come up at you know you're at this campus, um, and these uh, issues are being raised, and you're something is being said or mm-hmm. done that makes you go, huh? It seems like people aren't having a strong enough sense of personal responsibility. Okay. What are the things that are triggering those thoughts and responses in you? Sure, sure. Um, one of the things that was when I was up there was that um, kind of so Bernie took off huge on our campus. Yep. Um, as soon as he got into the race, he started talking about free college and all this stuff, free healthcare, and people said that yeah, healthcare is a right. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah, I should be. I shouldn't have to pay um, to not necessarily maintain my health, but to. To go to somebody, receive their service, and not um, not be expected to give them anything in return. 
I guess. Um, so like being able to just go to a doctor, um, receive, receive some kind of healthcare, receive some kind of service and being like, okay, thanks. Bye. It's not my responsibility to, okay. To reimburse for, for the thing that you are trained for and have spent money on, um, to become a professional and, and well, that guy's going to get paid. Right. Right. Uh, I've heard this is what Jordan Peterson talks about. You don't have the right to like demand someone else's labor. Exactly. But as far as I can tell, Bernie's not saying we're going to, uh, we're going to, uh, line people up, mm-hmm. put them in camps, force them to become doctors, right, and then send people to them to get services which they won't get paid for. Right. He's just saying that the way these things are going to be paid is that there's going to be a collective pool through taxation, mm-hmm. similar to now again whether or not that's wise, right, and and should whether be or not done that's is even moral, right? Okay, that's another question. question. So, uh, but similar to the road system, right? Mm-hmm. We have roads, right. I, do, I use them. I don't pay anybody for them, or do I? Or, you know, it comes down to what your tax liability yeah. is. But So, do you think that's a fair analogy? It's like, the question being then, okay, but what... It seems to me part of the issue is what is... What should be taxed and collectively, mm-hmm. collectively um, paid for? Mm-hmm. Right? So, if... Is it immoral? So, a hardcore libertarian would say we shouldn't even have government building roads. Yeah. Like, just let the, you know, people want to get somewhere, they'll invest in roads. And, you know, we already have some model of that. These are toll, yeah, yeah, toll freeways and stuff like that. Sure. And you pay for use. And, um, so is it immoral to have a road system? Hmm. Is it immoral to tax? So when you say, is it, is that even moral? What is, uh, is it what, what, what would be an argument for it being immoral to have a, a single payer healthcare? I think it's the, so part of it's the question of, like how we just talked about, right, um, getting service from somebody else, um, and you are not the person directly responsible. If, okay. in, if, if it's through taxes, you're indirectly responsible, sure. Okay. Um, but I think for me, the question is, is, is it moral to take people and say, we're going to take this much, we're going we're gonna to take these things from you um, as, a, as a government entity um, that you have no control over it's it's do this or get out or do this or at the end of the day if you don't want to if you don't want to leave it's you know there's um sometimes there's bars to leaving for sure um but at the end of the day it's we're going to take this money and if if you don't want to give that money big men with guns will come to take you away so this is a pretty classic taxation is theft libertarian yeah essentially and i'm that's not necessarily to say that i'm not willing to pay taxes for things um i think some people take it to the absolute extreme where it's just like no taxes whatsoever. Um, the government has no responsibility or power to to tax or do these things. It's the it's kind of the revolutionary argument of taxation without representation, of like you're going to take these things from me and I don't get to say where they go. Okay, so um, well, that's helpful. I think part of the problem is that. Um, is is statements like taxation is theft? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that's not nuanced. Are you? No, it's are, it's are a super you, political statement at this point, right? And that's not what you're saying because you're you're saying I don't have. You're really saying it just depends on what the money is going to be used for and what the. Uh, yeah, whether or not I get to dictate, um, or whether or not it's even a hundred percent clear where the money is going, what you're taking from me is going to some. Where is it going? How much of it's going to that? Or are you just taking from me and going like? Oh, now I, the government, has this money, yep. and I get to put it wherever I want. 
Um, and I have no, I'm not beholden to any, I'm not beholden to any authority to. How would that decision be made then? So let's say, uh, okay, so the government is taxing. All right, right. they are. And they're yeah. just, to some of the, I think a big part of the issue, let's just take a, a traditional left and right approach, kind of put libertarians aside for a mm-hmm. minute. Because they're just really going to push small government. Oh, yeah. We can yeah. come back to that. But basically, there's a pool of money that the government has taken. Right. Which seems to me, I don't think that's immoral. I think that it seems to me, you know, when when the, the disciples come to Jesus and say, mm-hmm. should we pay taxes? Mm-hmm. His answer is, "Who show me the coin. Right. Whose image is on the coin? Right. Render to Caesar what is Caesar's. Right. Which means to me, that's Caesar's money. Mm. I think that's what he's saying. Okay. And you render to God what is God's. Well, what is God's? You. Right. What is Caesar's? The coin. Okay. So Caesar can't steal what's his. Gotcha. Okay. So um, you don't have to participate in this, mm-hmm. right? You've, you may think you do, but you don't. You can um, go live in Antarctica or something. I mean, right. it's, it's practically going to be impossible, but... You could go, you know, take a little bit of money, buy a little land, and go forage off the land and fish. You don't want that. Mm-hmm. You want the roads, the yeah. internet, the the amenities of this society that has been built collectively. I think what Jesus is saying is like this: that's Caesar's domain. Okay. So when Caesar comes and says, "Hey, I want ten percent, twenty percent, forty percent," it's not inherently wrong for him to do that. I wouldn't say it's theft. Okay. I think it's going to cross a threshold that's going to be unhelpful and lead to unrest. Is is okay. it's going to be very practical? You know, can you tax people fifteen percent? Apparently, mm-hmm. can you tax them thirty? Apparently, can you tax them eighty? Well, you're going to have a revol- have a revolution. You know, mm-hmm. and um, so so the question then is uh, comes down to allotment. What are we going to do with this money? Right, right, and people that ten left are going to tend a little more toward these are general categorizations toward um, social programs, mm-hmm. right? Right. Welfare, housing, education, um, healthcare, that kind of thing. Right. But Republicans aren't necessarily slashing the budget. Oh, no, no, no. no Absolutely just, not. What do they want to spend on instead? Uh, let's see, the, the military, um, you know, having the quote-unquote strong military is the definitely the Republican standpoint. Here's where the money goes. Or um, they want to spend on... Well, and education, I would say. Yeah, education. They're probably not going to go of, as extreme and like throw preschool and sure, college into that, but they're going to want to fund sure. education. Yeah, they fund education. You know, they fund... they The majority of Republicans still support funding things like Social Security. Um, these yeah. kind of social... even Even though they're... I say even though, but like... Um, from the right perspective, from the rights perspective, they're still funding like social programs in the form of social security. Um, a lot of older Republicans in Congress, especially, um, want to fund Medicare and Medicaid, um, and these kind of, and these welfare programs. Um, really the spending is just, it's differentiated on what they want to spend it on. Depending Um, on their base. Depending on their base. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they want to spend all the money that they can take anyway. Um, I think that tends to be a, whether you're on the right or on the left, um, whoever's not in office talks about spending less, essentially, or or says that the whoever the majority party is in Congress is spending it the wrong way. Yeah. Um, I think that that's that's kind of the the place where 
the right and the left are, are incredibly similar as parties in government um, and even parties in the electorate. Um, you know, just the people who vote will talk about, yeah, I want to, I just want to spend money on, on this thing and you want to spend money on that thing. My thing's good. Your thing's not. At the end of the day, you're still spending the money. Which is the kind of the libertarian standing outside and going, and going or you guys are all the not, same. Yeah. You're really kind of all the same. Yeah. You're all warmongers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're all... You're uh, warmongers until you're not in power and a different person's getting into the war instead. You all want to run deficits. Mm-hmm. Um, no one cares about the the um, national debt or reducing that in any real way. Well, I never said this was <laughs> going to be a linear conversation, so let me just uh, pop questions as they pop into my head. Right, cool. um, you said a minute ago about taxation without representation, so... Mm-hmm. Like, what does that look like? So let's say, so again, I'm being devil's advocate yep. here a bit. Sure. Let's say Bernie Sanders mm-hmm. and a bunch of the left, mm-hmm. they run on Medicare for all. Right. And let's say they get voted in by 70%. You know, mm-hmm. it's usually way closer than that. But let's oh, say yeah. 70% of the American voters and even the Electoral College like votes them in. Mm-hmm. And they go, okay. But you, or I could see any, you know, someone else who didn't vote for him going, mm-hmm. hey, that's not representation. But didn't the nation speak? Oh, no. I think that that would be, I think that that is representation. Like, you still get your vote. And I, I'm not one of those people that thinks that your vote doesn't mean anything. Um, I do think that voting matters. So then so, you would submit to that and go, well, I guess that's not taxation without representation. Yeah, honestly, if, I think that's the system, whether it's broken or not, which is a different conversation. The system did the job that it's supposed to do. This is how the American majority in this case spoke. Um, I have a chance in four years to vote somebody else in. Yeah. So I think that that's a... I think for me it's very important to be ideologically consistent. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think that that's... Even though I may not like it and I disagree with it on a bunch of different levels. Um, mm. Even if it's immoral... I think that like, yeah, I, that, <laughs> so that's, that's a, kind so, of the okay, problem. Because at some point you're not going to say that. Like say, okay, let's say the majority of uh, America wants abortion, mm. which they do. Right. Then are you like, all right, well, the people have spoken. You know, and what are your options now? Like, you that's like, that's kind of where it comes down to is where the options go. It's like, because I can't, I can't just not pay the taxes, like I said, or men with guns will come to take me away. Yeah. Um, what I can do, you haven't. You've been like, listening yeah. to David Crowder, is that? I mean, or who is it? I listen to part of the problem, which is a libertarian podcast, and uh, Stephen. He's Crowder. always talking about. Oh, sorry, Stephen Crowder. I used to listen <laughs> to him a lot. David Crowder. Yes, Stephen Crowder. I used okay. to listen to him a yeah, lot. Yeah, men with guns. Yep, that's yes. his. That's his phrase, and I like it because it's like at the end of the day, that that's what it is. If you don't comply with what the government right. says, now, that's what happens. Okay, but they they say that as though it's um, and uh, is this is this it. As if it's this egregious injustice. Mm. But Romans 13 says that's what government is for, and they're servants of God. Mm. To bear the sword, or mm-hmm. the gun, and to enforce right and wrong. Right. There's people, we gotta live in a society here. Yep. And so again, like, I I get, I think we're just, li- for me, it comes down to, I live in a broken freaking world, where yeah. like, these, there's these competing tensions and values and truths mm-hmm. that are always just gonna go erroneous somewhere right yes i could see the horror of like 
say the government suddenly says, and this is starting to happen somewhere, you have to use people's pronouns of choice. Mm-hmm. I was just saw a, a story earlier about a professor or teacher that was basically threatened with jail time. Mm-hmm. Not even for... Basically, there was a transgender student in, in his class, um, and rather than use their pro- pronoun of choice, he just opted to use their chosen name, mm-hmm. which may have been Bill or Michelle or whatever. Mm-hmm. But But... The government, the rules, or at least at that school or whoever, the local government is saying, no, no, it's not enough for you just to not call him a him if he wants to be called a her, but you have to say him. Right. Like forced speech. This was some part of what Jordan Peterson talked about, right? Yeah. Compelled speech. Okay. So let's imagine that just continues to grow. And now the government says, you're going to go to jail if you don't do that. And like, man, I... Do not get excited about the idea of men with guns mm-hmm. coming, putting me in a cage and my family and everything, you know, like. Right. And yet there's this other part of me that says God ordained men with guns to rule, to be his ministers. Mm-hmm. That's what it says. I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with the passage. Mm-hmm. They are his ministers to punish evil and do good. And yet they're going to be corrupt. Right. But Paul knew that, so did God. Right. You know, so it's like I'm I'm living in these tensions where I get crippled and sometimes I'm thankful I don't get to vote because I don't know what the heck I would do. Yeah. Just like oh so all right, where did it where where did I rabbit trail? Um Men with guns are gonna come mm-hmm. lock you up. Well, how do you think through that? The idea that God ordained men with guns to put some people in cages. Hmm. <laughs> Shouldn't that happen to some people? Yeah. No, I, I I definitely agree that it should happen to some people. I guess it's... I guess there's somewhere along the line, and I'm not sure where to define it. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite one of my favorite terms in politics is... There, there's, there's three ways to answer a question. Yes, no, and I don't know. Sure. Um, I think often the most truthful answer is I don't know. Um, so I don't know where exactly the line is to define where... Um, this is what the government says, and these are the, the 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 men the men with guns or the men with swords, whatever. These people are ordained by God to come and take you away if you don't, um, you know, you don't agree to do what the government in power says to do. Um, I don't I don't know where the line where the line is where where you should continue to stand up for your values despite the consequences kind of what I was talking about earlier taking the recognizing that there are consequences for your actions whether they're just or not well I think that's probably where where it is it's, it's where it becomes un, intolerable intolerable right now the reality is I think we're not suffering enough to have to exactly and I, I don't want to I don't want to be forced by the government to to say words that I disagree with on a personal level but also I don't think that that's, I don't know if that's enough to just be like, okay, I guess I'll go to jail now just because I don't want to say a word. Right. Like, even though I may personally disagree with Yeah, it. bye kids. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, you have a family, you have, especially when you have a family and you're, and you're supposed to take care of them, are you then neglecting that responsibility to stand up for your personal belief on something? And I think that that's a, I think it's a great, a kind of a gray area. But I don't think that that is responsible, like we talked about earlier, um, and I don't necessarily think that it's a that it's a good thing to just be like, well, 
I, I believe in this so strongly that I'm just going to guess my family will take care of themselves. Are you a patriot? Depends on the definition. What's How the do definition? you define it? Let's look up. Let's find okay. a, a neutral definition sure, here. Sure. You looking it up? You uh, look up one. Okay, yeah, I'll see if well, I can. Well, we're both going to get the same results because Google runs the universe. Uh, the algorithms, yeah. Patriot definition. Okay. Ooh. A person who vigorously supports their country and mm. is prepared to defend it against enemies or detractors. Hmm. Interesting. I pulled up the Merriam-Webster. All right. And it says one who loves and supports his or her country. All right. So not so, so, so vigorous. Yeah, not so vigorous. <laughs> um, so are you like a mild? Are you? Wait a minute. I just realized minute. your shirt. You got an American flag. I do. Bald and an eagle. eagle. Yeah. Okay, so we're about to enter territory which uh, will certainly offend Absolutely. some listeners here. Uh, are you a patriot then? I mean, why are you wearing that shirt? I'm. Would you wear that shirt with a Cuban flag on it? No. You hate Cubans? I don't hate I'm Cubans. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with that, dude? You heard it here first, folks. Joel Lee Zimmerman. He hates Cubans. No, I think it's... Um, well, you know, they're like 24% black, so mm, it's kind of like self-loathing. That's true. Although... Yeah, repent. Exactly. I mean, who... Actually, I think it's more than 24%. Is it? Oh. I mean, who isn't self-loathing in some capacity? Dang. Mm. Um, no, I wear this. I do support... I support the United States because I think it stands up for things that are good, like... Things here that are we good... go. Here we go. <laughs> things that are good, like freedom of speech, freedom of... <laughs> Freedom to gather and practice religion, freedom of freedom of the press. Mm. Um, not that it not that it gives those freedoms, but that it is supposed to guarantee to protect those inalienable rights. In that these are the rights you were born with, the things that you have already have a right to do, regardless of whether the government says you do or not. And in this country, the government is supposed to protect those rights from outside forces, from forces inside the country, from the government itself. Um, it's a fly. I think it's that same fly has been hounding me since last night. Oh, fantastic! I'm gonna That's kill it. Great! I just hit it. But did you bring your chopsticks? I didn't. I don't. I'm not very good at that. I've tried it before. I failed miserably. Yeah. I think it'd be really impressive if one time you just act like you know what you're doing and you get it, and you're like, Yeah. I've I've done this for years. And it's all downhill from there. Yep. This is. Um. All right. So you're. So you define that as a. Uh, defending some some core principles, namely, mm-hmm. I mean, you're basically talking about Bill of Rights type stuff. Yeah, um, it's good stuff. The question is, uh, I guess, then does the does the current administration not administration because that's the current rulers that be mm-hmm. uh, do they how successful are they at defending those things? Hmm. That'd be the that'd be kind of the the question, right? So like. Let's say America just was was obviously completely corrupt, okay. right? And just like dragging everyone off. And some mm. people would say they are, right? So yeah. this, but let's just say like literally absurd, like like concentration camps in every right, neighborhood, right, right, right. and like people getting burned, and like. And I said, do you do you support America? You know, and it's the Amer- you know the U.S. troops mm. being dictated by the U.S. Right. government to come in and do these things. It would be clearer that there's a distinction between the ruling parties, the ruling class, 
and the principles that are supposed to be mm. defining America. But you right. went to the principle. Yeah, yeah. Hey, freedom of speech. Right. Freedom of the press. Mm-hmm. Freedom of religion. Freedom of religion. Right to right to bear arms. Right to be, you know, free from unconstant or illegal search and seizure. Um, you know, you can go through the whole. It's kind of checks of checks, checks on the on the power of government. Yeah, exactly. Being like these are the things that, like I said, people that you are that you were born with, that you have this inherent value, that the government is not supposed to infringe upon or rather protect as now i think most people would celebrate that with the exception of probably the the right to bear arms there's obviously yeah there's certainly a heated heated but i don't think anyone's going to say we shouldn't have freedom of well depends is is the are the people who say that the government should force you to use somebody's pronouns saying that freedom of speech is no longer a priority i would argue that yeah 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 I think they would say you have freedom of speech, but not the freedom of hate speech. And so again, this comes down to what is it? Just comes down to definitions, semantics. Mm-hmm. Every because even Everything. a strong libertarian agrees that agrees that you shouldn't. Um, there's always been limits to free speech. Mm. Right? You, the classic is you can't run in a crowded theater and yell you fire. fire. Right. Like things that are uh, a call to action, for example. Okay, so the difference between saying like uh, I hate Jews. Mm-hmm. Versus, let's kill Jews. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So. Both are abhorrent, I think, and you know, are not things that a decent person should say. However, um, as unpalpable as it may be, I think that the that the the first uh, statement is protected, and the second is not. Okay. But people are. There's disagreement on sure. that, and yeah. things that you have in the first category, um, which are just declaring things mm-hmm. versus calling to action, are sure. starting to find their way into what's banned as yeah. accept- acceptable speech. Right. Like, uh, well, really, any well, this is this is going impacting this is impacting the Christian uh, world, and the Christian mm-hmm. church. Um, we're not seeing it here as much, but in Europe and in Canada, we're starting to see pastors arrested. Yep for preaching uh, biblical views on gender mm-hmm. and sexuality. Right. That's now, that's hate speech. Yeah. Right. Okay, so you're generally a fan of the Constitution as it stands. We were talking uh, the, other di- the other night about the limits of the Constitution, about how um, it's not clear enough. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about that as far as, I don't remember who sure, you said so, it was. So, well, let me... Well, I think it was just something I've thought of is that, um, oh, Doug Wilson, Doug Wilson, yeah, he talks about theocracy. And right, maybe right, We can right. transition to that a little bit, but um, I don't remember exactly where, maybe it wasn't him, but it doesn't matter. The point being that the the, the Constitution is not clear enough. Like, mm-hmm. he would argue, and and I would argue as well, that you need to define happiness, so... Everyone has mm-hmm. the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And so a lot of times what happens, it seems to me, is when uh, cases are heard and we're determining whether or not something is constitutional, we're bringing to the Constitution a definition of happiness mm-hmm. and therefore de- uh, declaring things unconstitutional. So uh, I'm going to check something while you're, while you're going. I am still listening. Yeah. A- so, for example... Um, what is that? No, let's get out of here. So, for example, um, 
let's say gay marriage. Sure. Um, it's been declared that denying gay people the right to marriage is unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. But that literally is never mentioned in the Constitution. No. So how is it being defined as unconstitutional? It's because it's being decided beforehand, a priori, that that is a good thing that leads to happiness. And then the Constitution says you have the right to happiness. Therefore, to deny that is unconstitutional. Right. So what what the lack of specificity of defining what happiness and human flourishing is leaves the Constitution open basically to invasion by any idea that's mm. predetermined as happiness. Right. You know, the interesting thing, too, is that's what I was double-checking, is that the that term, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is in the Declaration of Independence, but it's not mentioned in the Constitution. Okay, sure. Which, which is a, it, it's an important distinction. Um, because I think when you well, look at everything the, I said just fell apart. Oh, no, no, no. I think that the, um, when you look at the Constitution, it's it's protection from as opposed to uh, right to do protection from the government in the case of X as opposed to the right to do X despite the government. Sure. So I'm using the wrong words, but basically the Constitution is to protect, to limit government's uh, infringement on your rights. Right. 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 Which, you know, if you look at gay marriage in that, in that distinction, then I think it's difficult to make the case that it can't be legal. Um, in that, in that it's supposed to um, protect you from the government interfering in in your right to do something. Now, I don't know if that right, I wouldn't... Well, unless wouldn't someone argues that it's right. harmful, and that's where it comes down to someone arguing that it's harmful. Right. Harmful to society. Right. Right, so libertarians are going to be pretty open-handed on this stuff. They're gonna be, they're, I think they're going to be pretty uh, tolerant of a lot of consequences of... Sure. of uh, so, like drugs. Yeah. You know, hey, just make all drugs legal. Mm-hmm. Heroin... Whatever, like, why? Otherwise, you end up with the drug war and the government overstepping. So let's get rid of that. You know, mm-hmm. let's legalize drugs. And then, and I've heard arguments, not just for marijuana, but for like mm-hmm. heroin. heroin. And there's know. cases of, and there, of of places where this has happened. And, um, you know, the more conservative, traditionally conservative argument is, hey, that's detrimental to society. Right. Things like prostitution, things like, right. Um, you know, sexual deviance, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever falls in that category for you, things like drug abuse. Right. Therefore, the government is protecting the general public by infringing on those rights, right? So generally, the government shouldn't infringe on on our freedoms, but when we step out of line and do things that are damaging to in other individuals or society as a whole, the government's going to take your freedom. Mm-hmm. going to put you in a cage. Mm-hmm. Right. So, again, it comes down to whether or not you agree that these things are detrimental. And that's what I think has happened is that the, the, the general consensus has changed. It used to be a, there used to be a general consensus that, let's say, homosexuality was wrong. Mm-hmm. Gay marriage was not going to be beneficial for society. Right. That and therefore. But once that once that general consensus changes mm-hmm. now, the government comes in and says, um, to deny people that is an infringement on their rights. It's not harmful to society. Right. So, so, the, so again, the Constitution doesn't it doesn't define all that stuff. It leaves no, it open. It leaves for it the, open, and the, I think for the current uh, population really yeah, to determine that. For because society continues to change, um, 
society evolves. You know, society doesn't tend, at least in America, especially as a as kind of a cultural melting pot, society continues to change as time goes on. Um, so what this is, what what may be good for the society may change 10, 15 years from now. Yeah, they may need a dictator. Yeah, you never know. I'll take my kids for example. If I so apply libertarian principles to my kids. Okay. Um, do they need small government? Do they need kind of freedom to make their decisions? It's like, well, it's going to depend on the kid and the age, and mm-hmm. like, no, when they're especially when they're really little, they need they need dictators. Mm-hmm. They need constant control. This is what you eat. This is when you eat. This is where we'll go. Mm-hmm. You need to study. I mean, I'm I am infringing right. on their lives mm-hmm. constantly mm-hmm. because they don't know anything. Right. If they grow in wisdom and self control, fruit of the spirit, except oh, we can become more libertarian now. Why? Because you can be trusted to make better decisions, mm-hmm. right? So how I'm having trouble squaring kind of the libertarian perspective, but how does that work in a society where people are like children? Mm. Hey, let's have smaller government and leave people to be more free. It almost assumes like a general goodness in people, it seems like. Yeah, people generally the markets will be good. You know, they'll they that I think it's a mis um understanding of the depravity where people yeah. where people will go. Sure. Well, it's kind of like um you know, take Iraq for example, like they needed, I would argue, they needed Saddam Hussein. Mm. Why? Well, look what happened when he's out. Right. It's like, well, they're not unified. They're at one of each other's at one another's throats. It's not a flourishing society. There's tons of warring factions, tons of bitterness and hate and all this and lack of resources. And like if someone's not in there, you know, kind of putting the smack down, mm-hmm. it's gonna get worse. And that's what happens, right? Saddam goes out, you have a power vacuum and and that's not just Saddam, this happened in Libya. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Libya. So So in other words, it's it, it, again this just gets down to these complexities. Should we say Hey, Iraq really needs to be function in a libertarian func- uh, uh, manner, or does it need to? Uh, does it need a dictator? Mm. You know, what's better? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I think it depends on the context. Hey, um, take gun control. So, uh, one of the things I I hear, you know, and I have guns, mm-hmm. and I'm sure great. Let's have guns. Um, People say, hey, when we were, you know, kids or 50 years ago, mass shootings didn't happen. Mm. So the issue isn't the gun. Right. The issue is the people. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's true. So let me use an analogy. Sure. I leave knives out in my house. Mm-hmm. Kids are fine. Something changes in home culture and kids start picking up knives and stab each other. And someone says, maybe we should put the knives away. And I say, hey, it's not the knives problem. Last week, they weren't stabbing each other. Mm-hmm. So let's leave the knives out. Mm. I feel like that's kind of part of how the right wing sounds. Like, I yeah. can see that sometimes, yeah. Yeah, like, okay, maybe you're right. Maybe the problem isn't the knife. The problem is the kid. You're right. The kid's out of control. So should mm. I give this out-of-control kid access to guns? Mm. You know, Or maybe we should lock them up. I, and again, yeah, I don't know what the answer is because now we're going right. to lock up the guns mm-hmm. and the government's going <laughs> to, 
you know, we have no way to defend ourselves if right. the government goes corrupt. So again, man, I just find myself like, I feel like I can see uh, the benefit in the truth and all these arguments and sides. And I don't know what the way out is or what the way forward other than mass revival. Yeah. Like if everybody was just loving Jesus and loving people, like, yeah, that'd be it. Are you for a theocracy? Hmm. I think that it's difficult to uh, put into place. Yeah. I think the... I would love a society where, where Jesus and God is the ruler of you know, whether it's the the country when you get to specific definitions or not, but society. Um, I think that that would be great. I think the problem when it comes to theocracy is that if we were to go into a theocracy right now, right, um, the person, or the people or person leading the country, um, leading the society would be priests, for example, or or some kind of religious clergy. Um, religious leaders um, which leaves the unfortunately in the current state of things leaves the door open for corruption to continue um, and I think that ends up being the problem is that now you have you're not not now you have you just continue to have um, corruptible depraved people leading the country leading society even though the the ultimate authority may be God, maybe Jesus. The people interpreting um, what the authority wants or says are are still human. They're still corruptible and they're still right. depraved. So but I don't isn't that true? That whether or not they're uh... so okay. So let me define theocracy. So sure. yeah, you're always gonna have problems. Sure, you're always gonna have human error. Sure. So this is some Doug Wilson here, and I'll I'll share an article on Facebook later that might be helpful. Um. Let me read this. He okay. says this. Um, it is not whether a society will be theocratic, but rather which theos the theocratic society will have. Mm. It is not whether we will impose a morality, but rather which morality we will impose. Mm -hmm. It is not whether we will have blasphemy laws, but rather which blasphemy laws we will have. Mm. If you retort that we are a free society and don't have blasphemy laws, then I submit that you could make a cat laugh. We don't call them blasphemy laws here, describing it rather as <coughs> hate speech, sure. but we police it pretty rigor rigorously. I could go downtown in any major city in North America and get arrested within half an hour solely on the basis of what I was saying about the God of the system. And uh, so he writes a lot about this, and I, I, I'm on board. He basically argues that you do have a God. Yeah. And you do have human elements trying to impose them. And mm -hmm. so would you rather have... Um, so he's going to argue for theocracy, right? Mm -hmm. Which means at the highest level, our documents, mm -hmm. Declaration of Independence, Constitution, Bill of Rights, all that stuff, are going to be clear on uh, Christ being who we look, look to to serve, right? Right, and that and that and that our laws are going to be in line with biblical uh, values and authorities. Mm -hmm. um, he because he's saying. That's what they're going to do anyway. Whoever's ruling is going to have a standard. Right, yeah. Right? So 
Right now, they're just appealing to some secular humanist standard, which is Correct. subject to change. Right. But let's at least have the right one. Mm-hmm. And then you're right, Joel, that people then who would be implementing laws in society, in the society and all that are, are subject to failure of interpretation and all that and implementation. But that goes no matter what, mm-hmm. right? Whether they're implementing a secular law or a, or a biblical law. So let's be clear on what we're doing. Or another way to put it, he comes at it from the other angle. And here's what really got me mm-hmm. is he says this. Okay, let's say you're called to preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. And you do. And somehow you go to Congress. Mm-hmm. You get invited to speak for some reason. And you preach the gospel. And then all the congressmen and women get saved. There's a revival. Mm. And they say, wow, we have Christ conscious now. Right. Conscious, right? His spirit in us. and A conscious Congress. Yes, that's right. How then shall we rule? What shall we decide regarding marriage? Mm. What shall we decide regarding abortion? Mm-hmm. What shall we decide regarding taxation? What shall we... Re- Aren't you going to expect them to decide in line with the Bible and the Spirit? Right. And isn't that a theocracy? Hmm. I think in that case, then, yeah, it would be. So, and he argues that this is, in, this is not going to happen without widespread gospel preaching. Right. right. You have to have, yeah, you can't have just a handful of ruling elites, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be like trying to force Christianity on my neighborhood. Like, mm-hmm. it ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think where I used to be more like, yeah, my kingdom's not of this world, and and it, and just kind of who cares about politics and all this and that. Mm-hmm. I still that way to an extent because I'm pessimistic about how effective we can be in yeah. gaining uh, ground and affecting change. Um, but I can see, uh, I think I see now more the 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 connection between gospel preaching. And then it actually, that's basically the question he asked. Well, what happens when kings repent? What happens when mm. judges repent? Mm-hmm. What happens when congressmen repent? What happens when cops repent? It's like, yeah. oh. Um, now, of course, but again, you have to have uh, widespread uh, agreement. Right. Which is what you don't have now. Yeah, yeah. That's the right? that's the current the issue is that there's not. there. There's so many divisions among, you name the issue and there's seven different positions on it. And every one of them is represented basically in some capacity. Yeah. That it just stops any kind of any kind of agreement towards any kind of solution, really. Oh man. Well, and I think there's people that would argue that there's always been those divisions. They just didn't have a voice. Mm, yeah. Right. So um, the argument would be, yeah. See, if you rewind, right, make America great again, like mm. back when. We had prayer in the schools and, mm-hmm. you know, there was agreement about morality. Some people would say, no, you just had all the power and mm. all the media and, you know, like when was America? I mean, why was there a civil rights movement if right. America was so great? Right. Why was why did we need, you know, to abolish slavery? Like you can go through seasons and, oh, yeah. and there's going to be people who are going to say um, it was never as homogenous or... Um, what do you call it? Utopian, as you might imagine mm, it was. Right. Um, but there was a strong sense of, uh, certainly a, a bigger, a stronger sense of uh, uh, kind of assuming the truths of a westernized Judeo-Christian worldview. It right. Was, it was pretty dominant. There yeah. There some minorities. Yeah. But now what we have is a huge infusion, um, 
because of population diversity and uh, media, the ability of the internet to just mm, access yeah. everything. Now you have yeah. social media, the internet in general. You have access to just everything. Dissemination all kinds of, of any kind of information. It's fragmented. Yeah. I don't think it's going to go well. You don't think so? Oh, no. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I'm a pessimist. Um, so Doug Wilson is a post-millennial, which means mm, right. uh, basically he thinks things are going to keep getting better and better on earth and Christ's rule is going to expand in tangible, practical ways. Mm. And then he's going to come back. Uh, I think I'm an all-millennial. I tend to be more pessimistic. Yes, Christ's uh, rule is going to expand on earth, but not in the way that you think. Mm. It's going to be a hidden Right through suffering and and death and um, and uh, yes, not 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 through earthly human flourishing. So whatever we can go back and forth about that, but that 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 gives him an optimism that I don't have. I right. tend to think this isn't. I wouldn't preach this as hard doctrine, but I tend to think that kind of cultures and civilizations like get their run at the gospel, and there's like this season of flourishing, mm-hmm. and then and then it kind of goes away, you know. And you can see that. Um, I think you can see that in America for sure. Yeah. And uh, I, I guess think. it could come back. And I mean, we preach the gospel and we yeah. I do pray for revival. Mm-hmm. And we're allowed to preach the gospel. Yeah. Which is, you know, something that a lot of countries don't have. Yeah. That, we, that we're still able to do, which I think is, I think is a, I don't want to say point in our favor because I don't know what the point system goes to or who it's, or who's keeping track, but it's, well, a, for it's now, a bad analogy, but. For now, but the, the, the pieces are in place and there's court cases about all this stuff, um, the pieces are in place for people to um, argue that. See, here's the problem with the with the freedom of religion thing or the limits of it. Um, mm-hmm. We say freedom of religion, okay, but okay, can I say then, according to my religion, I can eat my kids? Mm. No, no. So there's lim. Okay, with and, and again, what are those limits? Right. What society deems acceptable? Yeah. Which means, as long as people are generally Christianized, mm-hmm. then you can preach the gospel. Right. To the extent that that changes, you're in trouble now because you're you're telling people they're bad. You're mm-hmm. telling people there's a God that judges. You're t- and again, all the moral stuff that comes along with the gospel worldview, the sexual mores, like you're no no longer just having a difference of opinion when you say homosexuality is wrong. You are now uh, you're attacking somebody. You're attacking, attacking someone's civil rights, yeah. like at a civil rights level. Like you can't say, "Hey, I'm a." Uh, this is my religion, therefore we could not hire black people. Mm. And that's where I think we don't we don't see the probably clearly the limits of freedom of religion or mm. yeah, that really only again, you go back to when the founders wrote that stuff, they were speaking within a Christianized oh yeah, worldview. A hundred percent. Hey, you can be Baptist, I can be Methodist. yeah, yeah and let's not the, burn each other at the stake. Yeah, for that it. was the thing. that was the context of. Of like, yeah, we'll have this freedom of religion because we are aware that there are these different sects of Christianity. Think, of Christianity, yeah, <laughs> that's, they, right. they, that's that was what was on their minds. I do still think that they had some idea of being like, well, there are certainly other religions, and we don't want if if we don't want to get you know crucified by Methodists for being Baptist, then we don't want to crucify you know X religion that we may or may not know about for being different than us. Um, I, I do think that there was some kind of understanding there, but yeah, in the context of, of where they were and what they came from, from England, for example, um, it was, it was very, uh, it was very much a, a Judeo Christian culture. Yeah. And I think a lot of the, a lot of the gaps, I guess, in the constitution, the things that weren't included were like, well, 
we will will stay in this culture and we will be able to look to you know the bible or our religious leaders to kind of fill these gaps and we are a we're a moral culture according to you know some definition that they set that we don't need to include these things because of the way that our culture is the answers are obvious yep we need a new constitution mm interesting it's not it's not defined enough gotcha and i would suggest uh, our statement of faith <laughs> just kidding <laughs> oh it's just a mess an establishment of religion um that's right that's right um well again so that's where doug wilson would say when it says congress shall establish no religion mm. he would say they mean they mean a denomination gotcha not that the government shouldn't say hey we are a christian nation do you should read empires of dirt it's it's really good stuff i should um okay so we're wrapping up here uh joe what's your dream job so you finish studying and you fast forward i mean a good while right so you gotta you gotta cut your teeth on some stuff but yeah. you know you got some time in and now boom you're in the pocket man what are you doing what am i doing i think it's um i see this i've got three different three different avenues i'd like to to approach all right right i'd like to part of me wants to be a professor all right at a school um imparting you know basically what is my interpretation of Various political thought. Yeah. Um, and teaching people. Um, another avenue is uh, going into government in some capacity. All right. Um, and my reasoning behind that is I think that through the grace of God, I may be able to help make some people's lives better. Yeah. Um, despite a broken and depraved system full of and run by broken and depraved people. I think that through the yep. grace of God and through his through his power, I may still be able to help some people. Okay. Um and, and then the third avenue is, you know, the band taking off essentially and being yes, um, being a rock star, quote unquote. Yeah. I guess. Well, that would be fun. That'd be fun. It'd be a lot of fun. I think at the end of the day, all of these, each avenue I, I pursue, um, seeks after glory in some capacity. Are you saying that as a bad thing or a good thing? Um, I think it's a good thing. Okay. I think as a good thing. I think in, um, recently, in, I was reading Romans two where he talks about, where Paul talks about the the man who seeks. What is it? Glory, um, immortality. I think is a word that is used, and a and a third thing that I can't remember will will be given eternal life. So I don't necessarily think that seeking glory is a oh is a okay bad yeah, yeah. Thing. yeah 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 right. Well yeah, it, we're made for glory. Be. Yeah, exactly. Be. We're made for yeah. I Romans think we're 8. made in the image of God, and God justly and righteously seeks glory. And I think that we have a natural inclination that is not a bad thing to see glory. Yeah, good. That's right. It can be corrupted, but yeah. as long as it's, uh, of course, you know, unified by faith, by grace through faith with who we are in God and we're mm -hmm. expanding his fame. And well, and I think even, I think when I receive glory, it glorifies God. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, generally the church is taught not to do that, but that's right. Romans eight, the, the creation eagerly awaits the mm -hmm. revealing of the glory of the sons of God. Right. So good. Okay, well, we're a few minutes over time here. Thanks for, um, again, partaking in this meandering conversation yes. with me. Boy, I could, I want to, I'd love to do it again and talk about, um, yeah, demonic control of the United States. 100%. <laughs> Let's do it. I've talked about it a bit before, but I'd like to revisit that. So, yeah. anyways, Joel, thank you again for the time. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Yep. All right. We'll see you all later. Hey, Bye. Bye. Joel.